Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Well, amen. Welcome to the house this morning on this uh, weekend before school starts back. It's so great to see you out, and uh, I'm just so grateful and appreciative to everybody who's in the house today. Would you just uh, look at me and say, It's really good to be here? Amen. Boy, I tell you what, God's been good to us, hadn't He? And uh, as we get ready to leave this afternoon, I tell you what, I, Drew was up here and I was like, keep digging that hole, brother, because it's getting darker and darker. <laughs> but anybody who's ever been up here know that sometimes you can just do that. You just, <laughs> the more you say, the deeper you dig. So this afternoon, a couple hours, actually, we'll be at the airport. Debbie will drive by, open the door and roll him out. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Love you guys. And I tell you, so beautiful to watch is, you know, it's just beautiful to watch God as he puts together teams, worship teams, ministry teams, you know, uh, uh, teaching teams. It's just beautiful to see God doing that, that as he does it, which, with which every joint supplies, every person, the gifting and the callings of God. And, uh, you know, if I could, if I could boil down, if I, if I had to boil down, what am I most passionate about? One of the things I would be the most passionate about would be this. And that is seeing every person walk in the call and the gift of God that's on their life and in them. That is, I, I just, I just burn with a desire to see people released and in, in be able to do what God's called them to do. And I tell you, we've got, we've got people pastoring today. Uh, we've got people leading worship today. We've got people serving today all over this city and all over the world that were raised up in this house to be fully God, who God called them to be. Lord, let it continue. Come on, give God praise in the house for that. That's what it's about. There's nothing more beautiful to me and more precious to me. Amen? Well, for those of you that have always prayed for me to preach short messages, today is your day. I have no choice. <laughs> Delta will not wait on us. We've discovered that through the years, so amen. But you know, before we, before we do head on out, I, I just pray that today that, that already what we've sensed in here and the atmosphere that's just so powerful and so beautiful at the same time will continue to flow as we just kind of take a bath in the love of God. As there is a baptism of love that is released into all of our lives and a fresh baptism. And you know, I know you, you get born again and you get filled with the spirit and, and you got everything, but you know, I've discovered people leak. And things need to be refilled and we need to be stirred and we need to have things that are, are just so alive in us that maybe one time we walked in them a little more passionately than we are now. And especially when it comes to the call to love. 
Everybody say, I'm called to love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, in the NIV, it says it, and it's talking about the it there is, is talking about love. Watch this. It, love, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Now, this is talking about the God kind of love, agapeo, the, the God kind of love for us. And I'm just really trying in right with where Drew, amazing, where Drew left off. You'd thought we sat down and said, you say this and we'll go from there. It just shows you how the Holy Spirit knows. And uh, this is talking about the God kind of love. But here's the thing that's so beautiful in this verse. Always appears four times in this very short verse. I want everybody to say always. always. God is an always God. We'll say that again. God is an always God. He is always the same. Can I get an amen? He is always present. Can I get an amen? He is always good. Can I get an amen? He is always working. Come on. Can I get an amen? And not only that, he is always for us. Come on. And God is always love. Can somebody say amen? amen? Now that's a mouthful. To say always. He is always that. Always. But here's what I've, here's what I've discovered. God is the most consistent, constant in, existent, in existence. You always know what you're going to get from God. You know, and, and when it comes to relationships and love and people, it is a terrible thing in a relationship when you have no idea of which version of somebody you're going to get from one minute to the next. <laughs> Say, I love you, Brother Scotty. <laughs> Where the only always you get from some people is you're always unsure of what you're going to get. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But it is not so with our incredible God. Oh, come on. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ. Come on. Jesus Christ. Same yesterday. Today. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, I say what? Say it this way. Our God. My God. Is not schizophrenic. You can count on him. Somebody say amen. amen. In fact, let's say it. Everybody say, I can absolutely rely on, I can rely on depend, on, depend on, on, and be absolutely sure, be absolutely sure of God's love for me. God. Boy, and how life-changing is that? And as we get into this, and I'm just going to be sharing for just a few minutes from my heart. One of the greatest destructions to the human soul is the deception that you are unwanted, uncared for, and deserted. Left out. 
God loves you and he cares about you. And when you discover that and really get to know it, it changes everything about your life. In fact, I'm just sensing this right now. Let's just take a moment and everybody just say, God loves me. He loves me. He is passionately in love with me. Wow. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But he gives himself away. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless, passionate, beautiful, every adjective you can describe, think about describing it with, you can put there. When you discover that, it changes everything. Listen to 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. And we have known and believed. We have known and believed. We know it, and yet we believe it. We exercise our faith toward it. We know it. We experience it, but yet we believe it. We, we, we stand in faith on it. We have known and believed the love God has for us. Watch this. God is love And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. We are loved by God. And out of that security, we are called to love him and to love others. Now, we've said it so many times, but I'm going to say it again this morning. We're We're called to love God and to love people. But how many of you know the first part is easier than the second part? Love God, love people. Mark chapter 12, watch this. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, but the second one is likened to it. Jesus is talking about the fulfillment of the law here and how it's fulfilled in all of this. And he says, the second is likened to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's the three parts of it. We know God loves us and we're able to love ourselves even with our imperfections and that he loves us that way. But then out of that, we're able to love other people. There is no other commandment greater than these. Somebody say, wow must be important. And there are three things I want to real quickly touch on today as we talk about call to love. Everybody say, I'm called to love. love. We need to love people in words, in deeds, and in the spirit. Everybody say words, Words. deeds, Deeds. and in the spirit. spirit. Got to thinking, you know, you think about legacy and you think about how people remember you and how people know you and what people think about you and, and, and what are you doing? And I, and I came up with this and I feel like it's just so impactful for what we're talking about today. And here it is. People who walk in love, write their names on hearts long before they are written on their tombstones. Let's believe God to live a life that we're writing on people's hearts. 
that we're writing a love on their hearts, that we're doing something beyond just going through the daily motions. Never forget what really matters in life. Our legacy is not just in our work or the buildings that we build or just in what we put in the bank. We use what we put in the bank to write on people's hearts. It's in the lives we touch and what we put in them. Be somebody who makes everybody feel like somebody. Tell your neighbor, in fact, right now, tell your neighbor, you are somebody. And you're loved by somebody. Even on the days when you don't feel like they deserve it. And when you do that, when you make somebody's day, even on the day they don't, you don't feel like they deserve it, what I found out, God will make your day. You just keep on sowing and God will keep on blessing. And this is a way to, to do that. You know, now, and I'm going to talk about this in a few moments and maybe a little bit more detail. But most of us, we don't walk in this 24-7, 365 and never vary from it when it comes to other people. And we're not always thinking, how do we respond in love? Well, y'all looking at me like I'm the only one and I know better. It's been years ago and I had somebody, we were trying to get, uh, I, I just tell you what business it was. We were trying to get a, a satellite dish done. And uh, so they were, they were going to come on and you know how it is. They were going to come on, let's say they were going to come on Monday between 12 and 5. So make sure somebody's there between 12 and 5. Guess what? Monday came and went. So they called after 5 and said, we'll be there tomorrow between 12 and 5. So I said, okay, all right. Mess up two days. That day came and went. They called and left a message and said, we'll be there the next day. So I already had my speech lined up. It was well rehearsed. And it was not marked by love. And so happened that, it happened that Susan was there when the guy showed up first, but I was making a point. I'm going home. Just being honest. And when I got home, the guy that was hooking it up was behind the cabinet. And almost before I even saw him, I was ready to unleash my righteous indignation. And coach, just before I let it fly, he stuck his head out from behind there and looked at me and said, I know you. You're the guy that leads worship out there at that church. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, I'm so filled. I just overflow all the time. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes, yes, brother. God bless you. It's so good to meet you. Tell me what your name is. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) 
Oh, I said, thank you, Jesus, for sparing me and the kingdom embarrassment because I was not about at that time to walk in love. But God, you're merciful. Don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean that you never confront things, but you do it in a loving way. You do it in love, even when you have to do that, even if it's discipline or whatever it is, you do it in love. But God is so good and he's so merciful. But when I talk about love people in words and deeds and in the spirit, one of the ways I like to, 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 to bring it forth is, is to say it and show it. Everybody say, say it and show it. When I was 12 years old, coach, I was playing Little League Baseball. My mother and I were, uh, my mom was getting, we were living on welfare and had a little apartment. And one of the guys that lived in our neighborhood was a coal miner. Most of the people there, that was the industry. He was a hardworking coal miner. And he was coaching our baseball team. And I remember him so well, so vivid in my mind. Uh, when, if any of you know anything about coal mining, and especially those kind of coal mines, those coal miners, they would go into those places. And when he came home from work in the afternoon... He was covered in coal dust from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And even when you took a bath, a shower, you could never get the coal dust out from around, around your eyes and, and the fingers and any crevices. It, it just, it's impossible. It's just covered in coal dust. And there weren't, a lot of the mines weren't union. There weren't safety regulations. Many of them died very early. Uh, black lung disease, they called it. And this was a hardworking man, hardworking family man. He'd work all day, Bob, and then he'd come home in the afternoon and take a shower, and then he'd pick some of us up to take us to baseball practice. Well, the team that I was playing on all were going to buy baseball cleats. And mom told me, she said, we don't have any money. You just go have to wear your tennis shoes. And I don't, you know, I don't remember being, I, look, I, was, I don't remember being too, you know, feeling too bad about it. But at the same time, you know, you're a kid, you're 12 years old. Everybody's wearing cleats and you, you're not going to get no cleats, you know. And hey, people have had it a lot harder. But what I'm saying was I don't remember much about it. But here's, here's what happened. I remember he loaded us up in the car, picked four or five of us up after he got off work. And we started heading over to the field to practice. And I can, I'll tell you this, this had such an impact on me. I remember every detail of it. Every detail. I could tell you, I could take you to the place in that little coal mine in town to this day and show you where he parked the car. I could tell you where I was sitting and I could tell you what it looked like. He stopped on the way to practice. And there was a real small sporting goods store in our town. He stopped on the way to practice. And the other boys were, why are we stopping here? He said, I got to go in here and get something. Somehow he had found out what size shoe I wore. He goes in. He comes back out, Teddy. He gets in the car. 
and he hands me the box. And it's got a pair of cleats in it. Now, that's not the whole story. One of the boys said, Coach, did you just buy him them cleats? And to show you how much love he had in his heart, you know what he said? He told those boys in that car, he said, no, I didn't get them. His mama gave me the money and told me to get them for him. I was 12 years old. And I'll never forget it. And here's the thing, coach. Whether or not I could actually run faster or not, I sure believed I could. Whether or not I thought I could hit better, I actually believed I could. It is incredible what one act of love can do to change a person's life. Do not despise the times of what are seemingly small things. I don't know if that man is still alive or not today, but I tell you this, he impacted my life forever. If you've done it under the least of these, Jesus said, you have done it unto me. I was energized by an act of love. And the fact that he went out of his way to make sure that I didn't even have to feel bad in it. In that moment, somebody say, God is a good God. Oh my, 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 my. Everybody say, say it and show it. You know, affirming words and deeds of love, like I just said, they're so energizing. Have you ever felt, and you don't have to hold up your hand, but if you've ever felt, gone through a hard time and felt like, man, whew, man, it's been rough lately. And suddenly, randomly maybe, or just unexpectedly, somebody affirms you or shares a word with you or out of nowhere you get a text or out of nowhere you get an email or out of, uh, and, and listen, at times it's happened with, I don't know why I, I've gotten these texts or something and, and it says, I don't know why, but the Lord just put you on my heart. I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. And it energizes and changes everything about how you see a situation. Man, we have so much power and authority in those areas if we'll just recognize it. Affirming words and deeds of love are energizing. But as I said earlier, loving people is not always as easy as loving God. Now, I'm gonna say something here because, you know, as charismatics, we think about spiritual warfare as pulling up, casting down, chopping, whatever, you know, what people... And that's, that's part of it. You know, hey, I'm not saying there's not a place for that. There are times when I have just gone through my house and said, devil, you are under my feet. Take your hands off. Get out in the name of Jesus. We're going to have some high praise up in here and let it go. But let me tell you this. I was sharing with Susan this week and I, you know, we were, we were talking about some things. And I said, walking in love 
is one of the greatest forms of spiritual warfare you will ever do. That's why it's so hard sometimes because you are battling demonic spirits. It is, hard. it is not always easy to walk in love and it is a form of spiritual warfare when you begin to do it. Now, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, I'm just gonna say it. 1 Corinthians 13 is amazing. It is incredible. But here's the thing about it. 1 Corinthians 13 isn't hard. It's impossible. How dare you say that to me? I promise you, if you have never, ever violated one thing in 1 Corinthians 13, I want your autograph after this service is over. And the reason I want your autograph is I'm going to pray for you for lying. Well, let's, you know what? I wasn't going to do this. I got to watch the clock. Brother Scotty, you said you was going to be through it. 1130, so you can go to the airport, but where is, amen. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, we all know it, and, 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 and it's beautiful, and it's, it's so awesome, and it's, it's so powerful. But listen, listen to this. First, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but I do not love, have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long in its kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. Most of us would never get past that part right there. Does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of, but the greatest of these is love. Somebody say amen. amen. Now the thing about it is, Brother Scotty, you're painting a hopeless picture. What do you mean? If 1 Corinthians 13 isn't just hard, it's impossible. What do we do? You have to approach it from a spirit-empowered mindset. The only way you can walk in this is if you depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit to give you the strength and the focus and the energy to do it. That is the only way you can do this. Somebody say, that's good preaching, Brother Scotty. That's why it's spiritual warfare to walk in love because you got to pray. Listen, there are gonna be times when you're going into a situation and you know what you want to do, and you know what you want to say, those are the times when you walk in spiritual warfare by saying, Lord, you give me the words to speak. You give me the attitude to have. You show me how to handle this. You show me what to say, and even more important, you show me what not to say. 
That is powerful spiritual warfare. Pray for God to supernaturally empower you to love and me. In conclusion, in Matthew chapter 14, we, we've, we, we know this story, but we don't know the whole story. We're talking about call to love. But in Matthew 14, verse 14, it says, Jesus, he went out and he saw a great multitude. And when he saw them, he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Now, to set this up, you got to realize and look back on what had just happened preceding this when Jesus had this encounter. He just found out John the Baptist had been martyred. And he and his disciples had to be thinking, we're probably next. This is a dangerous world we live in. And they'd gotten tired, Matt, and were deciding that they needed some rest. They were going to seclude themselves for a while. There was a lot of pressure over the circumstances of the death of John the Baptist. And it forced Jesus to a place to where he needed to get some rest, not only for himself, but for his disciples who had, they had just gotten back from a, a mission trip. They all needed a season of bodily and spiritual refreshment. He was denied that. People were pressing on him. He was needed and sought. And in the midst of that, Jesus allowed the Spirit of God. And it had to be by the Spirit of God because it's not in our flesh naturally to do this. Jesus allowed the Spirit of God to rise up in him with compassion. And he embraced the opportunity of teaching the multitude and healing the sick. But watch this. I believe this is so powerful. And it goes along with the scripture that affirms this to us. His faith was being released through the love he was showing to these people. What does the scripture say? Faith worketh by. Oh, y'all didn't say it. Everybody didn't say it. Faith works by. Faith works by. His faith was being released through the love he was showing to this people. Faith is released through love. And in this sense, in this situation, it was faith that moved in compassion. And that word, I looked up that word for compassion. It means to have an intense affection or tender mercies. He saw a faith that, that works through love, that sees possibilities instead of obstacles, and it supplies abundantly. Folks, a lot of times we don't think we're, when, we, when we're walking in love, we don't necessarily see it that way, but that is one of the greatest ways to exercise your faith is to walk in love. But it's not going to always be easy. But here's something else I've discovered. How many of you would like to know and discover your gifting and your calling even more? I know a lot of us, we feel like we're walking in, but I, you know what? I'm crying out daily. God, I want to know more about what I'm called to do and who, who I, you know, God, paint it for me. Uh, Lord, let me discover it even more. Let me tell you how you do that. Your gifting will come out as you take the time to respond in love. You'll discover it. It'll rise up on the inside of you. And I say this.
Stop waiting for an audience of thousands and minister where you are. Whether you're holding a mop or a microphone, do it as unto the Lord. And whether you're ministering to the many or the one, do it as unto the Lord. And I believe that as you do that, as you minister to that one student, as you minister to that one person, as you minister to those two or three, as you minister to that one that you just look like you randomly came up on, more and more and more as you are faithful in that, you're going to discover what God's got for you next. Amen. Well, I've got to go, so I've got to stop. But you know what? I feel like I've said what God wanted said today. And I want to say this. I want to pray over all of us today that we will all experience a fresh new baptism of love. That we will be empowered in those situations that rather than, than just bitterness and hurt and anger rising up inside of us, that supernaturally the love of God will rise up. That we will walk in love. That we will experience that love. And we will release that love. How many of you are ready for a new measure of love? Would you wave at your preacher this morning? Let's stand up. Father, we love you. We begin by saying we love you. And we also just pause and say thank you for loving us. Father, I thank you that we are going to a place this week to, to minister your love to some of the most precious people in the world. But here's the thing, Father, we're being sent out by some of the most precious people in the world. I thank you for a house that loves and sins and does and speaks, for a house that cares beyond themselves. God, how awesome it is and how wonderful it is to be connected with a people that love and care. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you for a house, Lord, that sins and gives and loves and cares so that we can go and represent them in loving and giving and caring and praying and bringing encouragement and hope to those that need it. Father, we agree now in Jesus' name as we go as ambassadors of love. Oh, wow, that is Holy Spirit birthed. I, I speak over you, church, that you are now being set apart and ordained in this prophetic moment, the Lord says, as an ambassador of my love. And every place on which the sole of your foot shall tread, I will give it to you as you walk in my love. For a faith will be released that is empowered by my love that will change homes, it will change your workplace, it will change uh, situations, and it will bring hope to people that need it. You are, says the Lord, released this day as ambassadors 
of my love. Father, we open our heart and we say, yes, Lord. God, use us, Father, as we, as we allow you to make us usable, Father. Flow through us with hearts that desire to love you and to love others. We thank you for it and we thank you for this house. And we thank you for those that care. Anybody in here today who would say, I don't really know that I'm secure in the love that God has for me, but I want to be. I want to be secure in knowing that I am loved. I want to pray for you first. Would you lift your hand? Would you lift your hand? Anybody who would say, I want to be secure in knowing that God loves me. I want to be able to rest in that and I want to be empowered by it. Great, that's great. I tell you, if you've been in this house long, you've got enough of the Word in you, you've got enough of the presence of God in you that you are secure in the love of God. That is awesome. But how many of you would say with me that there are times when I need to be supernaturally endued with power to walk in that love? And I tell you what, for some of us, it's going to be in some of the hardest places is family. Because not everybody's easy to get along with. Not everybody's easy to love. That person at work, somebody who fails you, who hurts you, who lets you down, it's not easy. We've got to have the supernatural empowerment from God to supernaturally be able to do it. Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray for us all. Father, as we go into a, a new season, as school begins and as, as we transition, Father, we ask for there to be an overflowing, supernatural, Holy Ghost baptism of love that fills this house. Flow over us. Oh God, flow through us. God, you, I, some of us right now, I just sense it. We're thinking about things. We're thinking about situations. We're, we're thinking about things, God, that, that we need to, to have a greater spirit empowerment for. In Jesus' name, I thank you that the anointing is in us. The Spirit of God is in us. God, we just are trusting you and asking you to stir it like never before. Lord, give us a word in season as we go forward. Give us a word in that place, Lord, that goes beyond our natural thinking and that brings deliverance and sets the captive free. God, give us that anointing that Jesus had that even when he was suffering with the loss of a friend, even when he was going through a difficult time when things didn't look like they were going to work out and so much could have gone wrong, yet when he looked at the crowds, he was moved with compassion. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Would everybody in the house just do me a favor? Let's lift up our hands as an act of surrender and just say, yes, Lord. Why don't we sing that again if you want what they're playing right now? But let's just say, everybody say, yes, Lord. And you know what? If some of you really feel like you need a, a almost like a spirit or a, a a, a place broken off of you, a stronghold broken, broken off of you in a certain area, come to the altar right now and let's sing this and in five minutes we'll be done. But stay with us for five more minutes and let's allow God to, oh God, that overwhelming. Some of you, you know what? You have been abused. You've been taken advantage of. 
You've been treated wrong and there is right and wrong. But God wants to flow. Oh, Jesus, I sense your heart of compassion for the hurting and those that have been bound, taken advantage of, abused, at times kicked to the curb, lied on. There are some of you in this house, you have been lied on by supposedly good people. The only way you're ever going to love them is for God to give you a supernatural love. It's not natural. It's got to be supernatural. You have been demeaned and looked down on at times in life. God, give us a supernatural love that empowers us not only to forgive, but to step out in faith and be moved in compassion. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.